I'm Nevada basketball's Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. Welcome back, Wolfpack, and thanks for tuning into Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, with the athletic academic Garrett Hirschberg. Let's jump into a quick bit of off-season news. James Butler has left Nevada for his final season. Garrett, give us the background on this move. So yeah, he announced on Twitter that he was going to transfer from the University of Nevada um, in a heartfelt message. He wrote that he wanted to essentially be closer to f- be closer to home, and he chose the University of Iowa, Iowa City, only being three hours away from the Chicago area. Personally, I don't I don't get the move because he's most likely not going to be the starter in, at the University of Iowa because Iowa's got a Crum Woodley who has. Who's entering his senior year as well, and last year he ran for over 1,000 yards with 13 total touchdowns. Yeah, looking at this move, my my first look at it, I thought, you know, this is a good, great move for him, uh, you know, especially with the new offensive coordinator that we have and the new offensive scheme. He might not be getting as much playing time, enough yards, so he's going to move, move somewhere else, somewhere closer to home, somewhere with a better run scheme. But then you look at the statistics, and it looks like he's going to get put – a couple notches down on the depth chart, so I don't understand what what he's doing. I don't get what the purpose is for his career. Um, I understand the family thing. Remember when we had him on in week four of uh, JR's Wolfden a long time ago? Uh, he talked about how much how great it was for him to go back home to uh, when they played at Notre Dame and be able to see his family and have everyone come out to him. Uh, so I get that. I get why he'd want to be close to home, especially for his final season. But if he's not going to be getting this playtime, I don't get it. I don't know why he would waste a year doing that. Yeah, you're right. And if and if Butler was a part of this team, he would have uh, he would have gotten the chance to play at Northwestern, which is just outside of Chicago in Evanston. Iowa last year was ranked 53rd in rushing offense. Uh, Nevada was ranked 62nd. But when you think about it, Nevada's offense – struggled mightily last year we we know that we've recapped that is this isn't this is not a surprising statistic but i think what what iowa might now start doing is you remember a couple years ago with the seasons uh don jackson and um uh, jb put up together i think that that might be what i was trying to accomplish have two runners both achieve over a thousand yards and just run the ball heavily and i would love to see that for james butler you know but Looking at the depth charts that we've seen so far, he's not necessarily the second guy on the list. But if this is the case and he does get the playing time that he deserves, then I think it's a great move for him. I think that being close to home and having his friends and family there to support him, it'll give him that extra drive to even be better, push that uh, that 1,000-yard limit even farther. Yeah, you're right. And when we spoke to... When we spoke to James, we never we never actually got an answer on whether or not his family comes out to Reno for the games. And mm-hmm. so I think that now that he's at Iowa and looking at their schedule, they play a bunch of games that are f- close to the Midwest. So I think that his family would come out there more. Like you got games in uh, Michigan. You got games in Wisconsin, Chicago, uh, Chica- in Chicago, in Nebraska. So I think that these are still all similar, similarly close that for his family to come out to. Yeah, I think so too. But let's take a look at Nevada's offense now. Because now that James Butler's gone, the young man, Jackson Kincaid, has to step up. He's 5'9", 180 pounds. He's a lot smaller than JB. Um, but we, I, I went to see Matt Mummy earlier this week and had him weigh in on a couple of things that are going on with this season. So let's hear what he had to say about Jackson Kincaid. 
I think the great thing about Jackson is he's fast. He, I think he's probably actually faster than JB. So, I, I you know, I don't think Pack fans are going to miss a whole lot when they see these running backs running. You know, Kelton Moore's done a great job too. Uh, Blake Wright's in there, Isaiah Hamilton, and then Tyson Williams, the young guy that's kind of coming on. So, it, you know, those guys are going to have to carry a lot of the load still. They're just going to have to be able to run the ball out of the backfield and then also catch a lot of receptions out of the backfield. So, yeah, Matt Momey had – has a lot of hopes for Jackson Kincaid this season. We saw him when he started when he played a couple games um, this season that he is shifty and, and uh, athletic. He's got a lot of agility that maybe James Butler lacked. He carried the ball 78 times for 334 yards last season. Um, now is his first actual season playing. Gary, what did you think about his his play? You know what? Last year, um, he didn't, obviously didn't see much playing time because of JB, and I think that he did well in the time he played. Um, it's contrary. It's a contrary style to James Butler. James Butler would run you over, as last year he led the league in broken. Last year he led the nation in broken tackles. So I think that you're gonna see more of like uh, a Danny Woodhead type uh, style of play out of Kincaid because he's a smaller back, and especially with his offense, I think that you can throw the ball to him and he'll catch it and make some people miss upfield. Yeah, and that's really different from what you would see with JB when he was. Uh more of that power back where he'd go and break tackles and run right through you. Uh, and now we're going to be seeing more these big, exciting plays from Jackson Kincaid where he's uh, avoiding hits and making these big runs up the field. Yeah, Matt Mummy also mentioned uh, Kelton Moore. And Kelton Moore and Kincaid, Jackson Kincaid are kind of contrary because just looking at the uh, numbers on them, Kelton Moore is 5'10", 220. So I think that with um, the 25-pound th- difference, I think you got two different types of backs. I think Kelton Moore will probably be, probably be used more uh, during goal line situations like what you see New England did last year with LeGarrette Blunt and James White. I think that that might be a perfect picture between the two running backs. But overall, I think that the running, back, the running game for Nevada is not going to be the focal point of their offense. As with the air raid, it's probably going to be the passing. Yeah, and I also that's another thing I asked uh, Matt Mummy uh, when I saw him earlier is is what does this air raid offense mean? What are fans going to be able to see? And let's take a listen to a couple things he had to say about that. Definitely entertaining. Hopefully, you know, I think it's one of these things where we're going we're going to throw it quite a bit. We're going to run it. We're going to play aggressive. We're going to play high tempo. So we're going to line up fast. You know, biggest thing for us is we'd like to average around eighty to ninety plays a game. So if we can do that, we're keeping our defense off the field and hopefully scoring a lot of points. Run schemes are a little bit different than probably what he does, and that's that's pretty universal for air raid. If you look at what Mike Leach does at Washington State, Dana Holgerson at West Virginia, everybody kind of has their own twist on on how they do the run game. But the the biggest, the main deal is all, all the concepts down the field in the passing game are pretty much the same. See, you know, this air raid offense is something that he's dedicated his life to. You know, he learned from his father, and now he's going to bring it here to Nevada. Um, a big difference that we're going to see is in, is instead of focusing a lot on the run play like we had in the Napoleon age is now we're going to be seeing the ball flying through the air. You know, and I think that's a lot where college ball is going because we're definitely where the NFL is going, you know. We've we've seen college throw the ball a lot. You see a lot of Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes and what they did. Uh, Matt Mummy even mentioned Mike Leach. And it's funny that he mentioned them because we actually play Washington State in week four. So I think that that's, that that game has a possibility that both teams could probably score 100 points on each other. But, um, no, um, 
college football has always been this exciting game where teams want to run as many plays as possible. Um, unlike the NFL, where you try to slow the game down, you try to milk clock. So I think that it's going to be exciting, and the fans in Mackey are going to be are going to enjoy it. We definitely need that change because last season was not exciting. I think that was one of the big issues that we had as broadcasters and also as students. It was it was hard to fill the stands last year because we were running the ball every play and it was getting really predictable and we weren't being able to get anywhere. James Butler had his work cut out for him having to, to run over guys all the time. And I think spreading the ball around will give our offense some more versatility uh, and also give our running uh, – like Jackson Kincaid, a little bit of space to be able to run because they're not going to – the defense isn't always going to assume that he's going to be the one taking the ball like we had last year. Yeah, you're you're completely right. I remember last well, – the past couple of seasons, there's been situations of third and 15. Why not they, – they run the ball for a yard. Yeah, and it's like I understand in, in some cases you can run the ball on, on third and long and catch the defense off guard. But no one, you're not going to catch anyone off guard with the Nevada offense that's run heavy. Everyone's going to assume you're going to, you're going to be uh, running. Their first move is always we're going to come up and, and, and catch JV off guard, you know, catch him behind the line. That's their, their goal. Even if you're not – even in a passing situation, you can get – if you get that, that state of mind where you're going to be rushing past the line every play, you have a really good chance of sacking the quarterback, especially in a long situation where you're going to have to sit in the pocket for uh, – at least a second more than you would in a short pass situation. Yeah, you're completely right. With the Jay, with the Napoleon era, uh, teams were able to stack the box and give JB no running room. And I think that's really going to be the difference we're going to find this year is that Kincaid's going to have the running room now, and we're also going to have the versatility in the uh, the secondary with our off with our uh, wide receivers. Now I think the. They obviously player spotlights this 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 year are the quarterbacks, uh, Cornwell and Ganji. Uh, but I think the real spotlight are on the offensive line. You got a very veteran offensive line with Austin Corbett, who's a senior, Anthony uh, Palomares, a junior, Sean Kreps, a junior, and then you got another senior and a and a sophomore. So I think that this offensive line is it can do well and give the quarterback enough time to make reads downfield and throw the ball. And I love how you mentioned the offensive line because they're so often overlooked by analysts and people talking about the sport because they're not the most exciting thing to watch. Like that's that goes without saying, but they're the backbone of any team. I think that some of the most successful teams in history when you look at college or pro uh, football is – the offensive line, they're the ones that kind of make or break a team. You know, not an offense. It's not a defense. No, quarterback is – your quarterback can be great, but they're nothing if, they, if, they're, if they're getting hit every single play. There are very few quarterbacks in the NFL who could make a team great without a good offensive line. Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Tom Brady. But, like, you look at the teams that function well, like the Dallas Cowboys, the Oakland Raiders, they all have the – phenomenal offensive line mm -hmm. and last year with jb struggling to running i think that all stimulated with the offensive line the offensive line last year got too many penalties and i just don't think that they they functioned well and i really hope that's something that they're working on in the offseason um 
I talked to to Matt Mummy about this again too. Is like, what are penalties going to be like this season because of the new system, especially with on the offensive side? Because anytime you put a new system in and you put a, a whole a team that's been so used to something completely different, you know, air raid in, in the run heavy offense are really really different. Is the is how are you going to handle these game situations? I think this first Saturday and maybe even the second Saturday are going to be uh, difficult and it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be kind of wiping off the jitters a little bit. Um, yeah, you're right. And not only the football is a two-sided sport, there's offense and defense. Mm-hmm. And with the coaching overall came the defensive coordinator. They brought in Jeff Castile, who ran a 3-3-5 at West Virginia. So I think that one important piece of this defense is going to be the secondary core. And we all know uh, Sonny Roof is Damian Baber. They're, they're the backbone of this defense. But I think you got to look at like Jaden Sawyer. Um, but before we get we, we get really deep into defense right now, I there's something I want to talk about with this with this offensive side, and that's the quarterback controversy. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be starting on Saturday? Uh, Matt Mummy, and we'll play that for you in a second, said that they don't know who the quarterback is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who actually lines up for the first snap. Um, personally, I'm not a fan of teams splitting quarterbacks. I don't think it works. I think that if you split time, you know, it kind of tips your hat at like what tendencies you're going to run. Because if you throw Ganji in there, you you have the you know that a quarterback run a scramble might be coming. But if you throw Cornwell in, you you know just passes. Um, so I, I don't like it. I personally think David Cornwell is going to start. Uh, he was the big transfer from Alabama. We've we've harped on this. We've talked about it multiple times last year. Um, personally, I haven't seen much to, out of either one of them this offseason to know whether or not one of them deserves to start, but it should be interesting. Yeah, I agree with you, too. I believe that Cornwell is going to start. Um, is, would that be my first choice? Maybe not. I've always been a big fan of uh, Mr. 300. Uh, Ty Ganji's uh, a great, versatile quarterback. I think he, he struggles when it comes to making uh, tough decisions in the pocket. Uh, we saw in the silver and blue game, this is where I'm making a lot of my uh, connections between the two of them, is that he threw a couple interceptions. A couple pick sixes. A couple pick sixes. You know, So he's he's not always can handle the pressure as much, and I think that might have just been some jitters trying to learn this new offensive scheme, especially so early, and then and then have to play it. And, that, and, that, and that's something that practice can, um, can, can work out a little bit. Uh, but David Cornwell, he's, he's got an arm, and I think that's he's the, he's the guy that Norvell and Mummy brought in to, to play it for Nevada, and he's going to be the commander-in-chief, and I think... And that's what I and that's that's my guess so far is that Cornwell's going to start. But if it was me, I'm I'm a I'm a Ganji guy. I like him a lot. I like the versatile quarterbacks. I think Nevada has a really good history of versatile quarterbacks. You got Colin Kaepernick, Cody Fajardo. These guys, these are the ones that that actually led Nevada to victory. And they're all versatile running quarterbacks that can make plays when there's no plays up up the field. So. I don't believe that Cornwell has that ability. I think Ganji does. Um, you know, if they are still up in the air about it and they're going to be going between back and forth between these two quarterbacks, I think mid-season Gan- they might realize that Ganji's the guy. Yeah. Um, I person, it, It's going to be interesting because the last time we've actually seen him in person was the spring game. That was 
back in May, June, May, May. So it's been three months since the, we've seen these guys, and we don't. And this was like at the beginning of the, them learning their offense. So it's going to be interesting to see how either Ganji or Cornwell adjusted to the offense, learning the reads and master the commanding of the huddle. There's a lot of unknowns going into this Northwestern game of how is this offense going to respond to a game day situation. We talked, Matt Mummy also mentioned this earlier. It's up to this point, these guys have only been able to visualize what a Saturday game would look like using this this scheme. They've never actually put it to, to use. They've they had the silver and blue game, but that doesn't really count because it was still so new to them and they were just playing themselves still as like a practice in front of everyone. They don't know what it's like to pl- to play this way in front of an actual D1 starting defense. Yeah, you're right. And especially going up against Northwestern, they're a Big Ten school. They recruit heavily. They're, they get the better star recruits, unlike Nevada. And you look at some of the teams they face. Washington State, big Pac-12, uh, San Diego State, Boise State. These these schools, although they're in the, the these last two schools, although they're in the Mountain West, they still recruit better than Nevada. Like you're not gonna see Nevada go out and get a. Uh, there there's a few four star four star recruits that come here, but they're more likely to go to Boise. They're more likely to go to uh, San Diego State, Colorado State. And I think that that culture is starting to change. Where I think it was hard this season to get new people in because of how poorly we did. It's, um, but but now with the new coaching and the new era that we're having, it's a building year. A lot of younger players want to come over here and be like, you know what, I want to be a part of something big. Nevada basketball probably set a good precedence for us seeing that we're on the uptick for, for sports. And I'm hoping that football can kind of stay with that as well, especially with Jay Norvell. Uh, personally, looking at Jay Norvell and looking at this coaching staff, we haven't played a first. We haven't played a first game yet, but I have high hopes for him. I believe that he might even be the new um, Muscleman. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You actually stole that point right out from me. I was gonna mention something about basketball. How when Muscleman took over, it was hard for him to get recruits. But I think that this season might be a tough one for Nevada, just because you can't. This it's not really his recruiting class, uh, and so I think that. Players, I think more as time goes on, players will get used to the offense and the defense. And so I think that come next year, I think they'll be even better and have a sh- have a real shot to compete for the Mountain West Championship. Yeah, so let's take a look at this Northwestern game coming up. You know, we've talked a lot about the offense in general, and we've mentioned Northwestern a little bit here and there, but what are we really going to expect as fans going into this game? I think that it's going to be a tough one. Real tough. Um, as we know, last year, Nevada's run defense got awful. It was pretty bad. And we're coming up against a running back who, had, for his career, has 4,100 4, rushing yards and 30 touchdowns. And not only that, they have a quarterback in uh, Clayton Thorson, who is like Ty Ganji, can run as well. And I think that that's going to be really hard to stop, although – Last year, uh, Northwestern's run defense wasn't the greatest, or run offense wasn't the greatest, but I still think that they can come out and run against this defense. Now, with the new coaches, we don't know how that's going to, uh, how, the, how the changes are going to be made. So who are the, the big names to watch out for Northwestern? You've mentioned a couple guys so uh, far. There's... As as I mentioned, Clayton Thorson and Justin Jackson, the quarterback-running back duo. Um, 
They've been here. Quaden's a junior. Uh, Justin's a senior. But I think you're also going to have to look at um, the safety, Godwin Aguekbuiko. Uh, I'm sorry, I probably butchered your name. But he's a safety. He's a safety. He's a senior. Six foot, 212. I think he's probably going to be the playmaker. First career, he has 246 tackles, seven, uh, 11 tackles for loss, and five interceptions. So I see him playing a playing style like an Earl Thomas. Um, just get it, go out. You're the center fielder of that defense. You make tackles, and you stop him from scoring. Yeah, we definitely have our work cut out for us for this game, especially we, as we mentioned before, is this having to learn this new system and putting it to work for the first time. I'm really hoping that this doesn't discourage any of our Nevada players after this game because personally I think it's going to be a blowout game. I think we're going to really, really struggle against Northwestern. Uh, frankly, because Northwestern outranks us. You know, they have all these... They have they have the money they have the the recruiting power that we don't have here and yeah on no. top of all that we're we're so new to our new, to our system and it's going to take a little bit to get the kinks out it's going to be it's definitely going to be a wash game yeah you're right um, Pat Fitzgerald the head coach of Northwestern has been there for ages and ages um, plus there's not a lot of coaching turnaround with the Northwestern squad. Um, this game opens up as 24.5 point underdogs to the pack. To be fair, I don't even see the pack covering that. I think they get blown out. It might be a 30-point loss, but I think this is a learning experience for the pack, and I think that it's something that they can if they do make this game close, I think it's something that they can hold their heads up high to, but yeah, I don't see Nevada winning at all. I want to go through and talk about the rest of the season um, and just, Garrett, I want you and I to go back and forth here and kind of figure out where do we stand on this season. These are our early season predictions. Um, I'm going to go first on this one, Garrett, and say okay. that um, Northwestern, we, we lose. We, we both have losses for that one. Okay. So, yeah. So, the next game after Northwestern would be Toledo on September 9th. I have it as a loss. I have it as a win. I think that Toledo's a Toledo's a good team, but I think that this is the first game for this new offense in Mackey. Not many people actually showed up for the spring game, at least fans-wise. Um, so I think that the offense finally finds its groove, clicks, and they come out and get secure the victory. See, and I believe that we're still going to be running through those kinks. You know, it is going to be a tough game, and I don't think we'll be 100% ready, especially after that loss to Northwestern. We're going to have to work out a little bit more before we get comfortable with this offensive scheme. Um, and so that's why I have it as a loss. The next game against Idaho State, though, I have it as a win. Oh, I have, I have it as a win as well. Idaho State's an FCS school. I don't think there are many matches with the big, bad Wolfpack. And the next game would be against Washington State. I have it as a loss. I have this as a shootout loss. Um, I'm not giving a score because I don't know the betting line. Um but Washington State is one of those teams that can throw the ball. We saw Luke Falk, uh, Mike Leach, as I mentioned before. Um, Nevada did actually secure a victory against them in 2014, but I think that was all by luck. I don't think – I think Luke Luke Falk is just phenomenal in this offense. I don't think Nevada's defense can handle the offense. I think especially because we're going to be on the road to Washington for oh, that yeah. game. And that's a tough – That's going to – That's a tough play. place to play. 
a, a big role in it. Um, next game will be at Fresno, and I have us winning at Fresno. I have it as a win as well. We beat them last year. Um, it's Fresno State. They got a new head coach. That's about it. Jeff it, Tedford. Yeah, at this point in the season, I'm am expecting us to be really comfortable with this scheme, mm-hmm. and it to not and us to not be really sitting here talking about, oh, are they ready? Are they not? Because I believe at this point they'll be ready. Uh, next game is against Hawaii. I have them winning Hawaii at home. I have them losing because at, at this at this point where I gave my predictions, I don't know how the run defense is going to be. Last year they killed us on the ground with Drew Brown, the quarterback. Um, he's phenomenal. And yeah, I don't know how the defense is, so I'm just gonna give it Florida, uh, Hawaii, Hawaii victory over Nevada. All right, so that's our one of our uh, it's our second disagreement so far. Mm-hmm. Um, next game is against Colorado State at Colorado State, so I say it's a loss. Yeah, I agree with you. Fort Collins is a tough place to play. Um, we saw this earlier in early in the league. Earlier in the season already, the first week, uh, or- Carlos State killed Oregon State. They dropped a 50-bomb on them. I think that Carlos State is just too good. Air Force at home, I say we're going to win. Yeah, I say it to Air Force. I think that if you got if you want to prove that you're one of the best teams in the conference, you got to beat them. Uh, this is going to be the homecoming game. It's a Friday. I think it's – no, it was a Saturday game. Um, I think that – I think that Nevada comes out with a victory in front of an energetic Mackey Stadium. Next one is at Boise. Uh, just that alone, the the being at Boise is going to make it a loss for me. Yeah, I'm I'm 100. I agree 100 with you. Being at Boise, it's a tough place to play. Not many people go into. Not many conference teams go into Boise and beat them. That's very true. All right, next game is versus San Jose State at home. I had them beating San Jose State. The Spartans. You know, they're never the biggest threat to us. No, yeah, and when you think about this, last year they did beat us 14-10, to 10, so I think that this is almost like a revenge game. Mm-hmm. So I think Nevada, since it's at home, they come out with the victory. I agree. All right, next is at San Diego. This is another hard place to play. We had an issue last year with that, so I'm going to say loss. We can't stop the, We couldn't stop their run last year, and even though they don't have Donnell Pumphrey, um, I still think that it's a tough place to play. Especially in San Diego. So you agree with me, a loss? Yes. All right, and the last game is UNLV at home here, and I think that we win Easy. the cannon back. We we don't we have the cannon. I mean, I, I believe that we secure the cannon. Okay. I think that this is a game is going to be an easy one. I think that Norvell knows the importance of this game, and the players do, because last year, even though last year, even though Nevada killed UNLV, I suppose pulling his job wasn't safe. Garrett, we didn't agree on every single game here, but the one thing we did agree on is the record. We both believe they're going to go six and six. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a wash season. I mean, nothing too spectacular. Might get us a bowl game. Yeah, it might. And as I mentioned earlier, um, this this it takes time for you to adjust to a new offense and a new defense. So I think that. We'll come out better. We'll come back and be better than than we were this year. Next year, I agree. So after the show, we're going to post on our Twitter page at Pack Center Envy a poll. Please go ahead and click uh, on it and comment on it and let us know what you think. Do you agree with Garrett and I? Do you think they're going to do better? Do you think they're going to do worse? Let's find out. Um, 
And I think, Garrett, that's going to be the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with Garrett Hirschberg from the Reynolds School of Journalism studio. Uh, go Wolf Pack! Forget the wins, it's the best to use.